0: We're going to take just a moment for you to preach this morning. Oh, now I have your attention. You're like, what? What is happening around here? Uh, you know, here's the exciting thing. is that As we're in the book of Acts, it is one thing to read it and to explore it. It's a completely different thing to live what we see happening here. To understand that this wasn 't just for these people that how God formed his church in that early uh, second century that that there was or, or first century there was such a dynamic, it was so new, it was so fresh, and yet there are aspects of what we 'll look at today that should truly be part of who we are, and as i 've been uh, I've had the luxury this week to know where we're going. You haven't. But the sermon title today is Boldness. So I'm going to encourage us to continue to be bold. You see, we're coming off a part of the story where there was an individual who was lame. And I won't necessarily get to this passage. We're going to do another miracle today. And we're going to cover uh, the entire chapter 4 in about... 35 minutes of preaching. Um, What that means is, I will not be saying every verse. So I encourage you to go back and look. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to share with you uh, where we've been. Peter and John are walking into the temple through the beautiful gate, and there's a lame man who had been laid there year after year after year. And he asked for alms. He asked for the wrong thing, but it's what he needed to survive. And Peter engages this this poor soul, and he says, look at me. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. And the Scripture says, immediately, immediately, his ankles, his legs were strengthened. And it caused such a commotion. Here's the interesting thing is, I always, I'm bad at things with memory, and I always mix up this number along with what happened at the day of Pentecost just a few days earlier, maybe a few weeks earlier where 3,000 just through Peter's preaching the work of the Holy Spirit came into the church that day. Do you realize that if you read this entire chapter, you'll see that because of this miracle happening where it happened and being proclaimed boldly, 5,000 came into the church because of this event. There is a commotion going on. It is tremendous. And so that's where we pick it up today. And it says deeper in the passage, we won't get to it, but I'll just give you the understanding. This was an OG, alright? I'm running with the uh, millennials stuff right here. Jericho, what's an OG? Not an original gangster, right? My kids call me the OG. Old guy, alright? This was the OG. The Scripture says he was 40 years old. Back then that was old, right? If you were 40, you're like elder material. You sat at the gate, you know, Uh, People brought you food. That's not happening today. Anyway. (laughs) He was 40 years old and he's standing there and Peter is preaching again. And he gets thrown in jail along with John. Why? Because the power of God is a bold and dangerous thing. And what you'll walk away with today is seeing how the power of God working through this group of believers created an argument, an evidence, a testimony that could not be refuted. And it changed thousands of lives. Many of us don't share what we know. We we. We are intimidated to testify about Christ. Why? Because we feel like we're not the expert. Do you feel like you're not the expert on all things biblical? I shouldn't be raising my hand. I'm your pastor. I should be an expert, right? But I understand how how you feel on that. Can I just let you know something I shared with someone earlier this week in studying this. It's not so much your argument and how eloquent of speech you are that will see people walk from darkness into light. It is the power and the evidence of the work of God in a changed life. That's bold. Listen to this verse, 14. They're all standing around in the Sanhedrin and the religious leaders do not like what Peter and John are saying. <laughs> Probably because they're blaming these guys. It doesn't work so well that way. But here's the one problem. They want to put them down. They want to argue against them. They want to shut them down. The message of the Gospel is going to turn over everything. And what happens? And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. This is what's happening. And if you look at verse 21, which we'll look at in a little bit, it says, and when they heard this, they entered the temple at... I'm sorry, I'm in, verse, I'm in chapter 5. No wonder that's not making any sense. Let me go to 14 over here. Wow, that was really impressive. That was great. See how I ran with that when it's not what I was looking for? There you go, a little trade secret there. Let's get in chapter 4 where we're supposed to be. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. You see, the power of the Gospel is not just done in words not just done in words. It's done in deed. And that's who the Holy Spirit is. That's who Jesus is. It would have been one thing for Jesus to say, hey, I'm going to go to the cross. Hey, I'm going to offer you salvation. But if he didn't see the power of the resurrection, his words are what? His words are worthless. Many things have happened this week and many things have happened in your lives. This is a time for you to give testimony. Now, some of you are sitting here saying, wait a minute, Uh, I didn't raise from the dead, so that's not going to (laughs) happen. I don't think, thank you. Thank you. That was a miracle. Someone laughed at something I said. Um, We believe in open laughter here. This is fantastic. Yeah, so I get it. We maybe haven't experienced our own personal resurrection. um, But you know, there are irrefutable things that God has done in your life or other people's lives. And there are things that happened even this week that we saw God's sovereign hand active and bold. So let's give testimony now. And you got three minutes, or I'm keeping here you here till 1230. (laughs) Veiled threats if you're new here. Veiled threats. Testify, be bold. What is it that God has done that you see around you that puts you in this same position? Where because of God's work through someone's life, it changed people's opinion of God, changed people's opinion of life. I'm going to time you. Yes, Luke. Luke. Amen. And I'll just let you know, brother, I saw that because you were bold and you put it out there and I shared that with someone else who was highly encouraged. And they don't even know who you are. Others. I'm gonna after eight, two years, he never finished. Amen. Amen. absolutely. If you're not aware, um, one of our our precious uh, souls here at Concord Bible Church, Kathy Isham, this week suffered a stroke. Um, And Jim found her in the bathroom. And because of the timing of all that, was able to get her to the hospital at John Muir. They were able to diagnose. They were able to get her over to the other John Muir, who are experts, some of the top in the nations in dealing with strokes. And Several hours later, when she came out of anesthesia, she was testing it 100%. 100%. Can I just tell you that you may not see um, the lame walk again in certain ways, but remember what I read here, and we're not going to be able to get too far into it, but the believers praised God through prayer. They're doing exactly what we're doing now. We're doing exactly what they did in chapter 4. Why? Because they saw incredible things happen in God's, what they say? Sovereign hand. In God's sovereign hand. In God's sovereign hand, had Jim not been retired within the past two months, some of you know that in order to recover from stroke, you're talking hours, maybe even minutes, if Jim had not found her, in the time that he found her, We'd be talking maybe some, some different things. We, we've almost taken out a complete wing of the ICU at John Muir this past week with things that conquered Bible. And yet the Lord is, is helping. The Lord is providing. One more. Time for one more. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. You know, broken, I think or something Yeah. collapsed Yeah. and all these things and yet just know it's just really you know, good to come out of it. Yeah. And the and the church has been so good to come alongside. Yeah, fantastic. David, did you did you lift your hand? Yeah. Go ahead, David. Uh, Praise God. Praise God. Well, let's look at what God has for us today about being bold. And I encourage you, brothers and sisters, when we walk away from the message today, the idea is this, that, that we see God's hand at work. And that we proclaim that. And, and it doesn't have to be the resurrection if you if you believe in Jesus Christ there will be a resurrection but you won't be around to share it with people. All right? It's coming for you and for me and we'll be resurrected in heaven in the end times. But the challenge right now is what do we see happening in real time much like what we see happen here in chapter 4. Let's pray and ask the Lord to open our eyes and our minds. Father, thank you so much for giving us the word. And encouraging us and, and laying before us what you have. Thank you for these testimonies of faith. Help us to recognize the way that God, that, that you supply, that your sovereign hand is in charge, and the miraculous that does happen, the signs and wonders that do happen all around us. And that we might be bold so that we might experience those things on a greater level, we might see those things that you have for us. Not things we manufacture, but things that you have for us inspire us today God to you be all glory amen well like I said we pick it up this morning on this idea of being bold and we're doing chapter four let me give you a a quick synopsis of chapter four um, because we don't have time to read through all of it so what happens is as Peter and John are preaching and speaking in, in Solomon's portico the the Pharisees and Sadducees do not like what's happening they're muscling in on, on their action and they're causing a huge disturbance. And remember, we talked about how the early church, they didn't evacuate because they became the church. They didn't evacuate the temple. They were going to the temple and they were preaching Jesus. That would be somewhat like us going into um, a, a uh, city council chamber and preaching Jesus today. And, and they wouldn't even think twice about it. It was not a problem to them. And what happened was they landed in jail. Now, this is interesting. Inter- interesting fact. It's not the jail by the Roman citizenry. that The religious leaders had their own jail. And so they contained them. The, the, the house of the high priest, uh, Annas, and, and, and so on and so forth. They had Peter and John arrested. But because of the popularity and because of the power of this transformed life... They couldn't get away with it. This is happening all around the world today, brothers and sisters. We have Christian believers that are being arrested for their faith on an unprecedented level. Persecution for the name of Christ is higher than it ever was going all the way back to the time that we're reading about and during the first century. The persecution is happening, and it's coming here. And the church needs to be prepared to suffer like our brothers and sisters are suffering around the world. In order to do that, we need to be bold. Amen? We need to be bold. We need not to be weak-kneed. We need not to be those that are just all about talk. What a privilege to be given the opportunity to suffer for Jesus Christ so that the kingdom may be increased. Amen? Amen? Yeah, that brought out a slight amen. I get it. I get it. We don't know suffering yet. But maybe a little suffering is what we need to know. That we would know better the power of God. Amen? That's a better one. Let's break this down this morning. They started by speaking boldly. So when you look at chapter 4, Peter and John are speaking boldly. They get arrested. They come back. They're released. And then the saints gather together for prayer. And they pray and they acknowledge that God is with them. They acknowledge Christ. And then they're also acknowledging the work of God or work of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to raise up this lame man. Now there's lots of controversy. People are being thrown in prison. People are being released. The whole demographic is being turned over. The church is blossoming. And the church is blossoming because of obedience. The church is blossoming because of the resurrection. The church is blossoming because of the Holy Spirit. All things we have all things that are available to us. Now, when I say the church, you're in the church today, aren't you? Isn't this a beautiful church? This is so great. Yes, this church is beautiful. The church is not this building, right? The church is not this building. The church is you. When we say the church, we are talking about those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. If that's the case, you are the church. That's what we mean. So as we speak about boldness today, as you hear what happens in these pages as the story unfolds, I encourage you, apply it on a personal level. Apply it on a personal level. So speaking boldly, let me read verse 13. Go there with me if you will. It says this, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. For those of us that struggle with this idea that I don't know what to say. Peter and John used to struggle. But you see, they left all that behind. They left self behind and they started speaking boldly because they knew Jesus. They knew Jesus. And what does it say about the testimony of these individuals? Is that they were uneducated men? They, they, they were individuals that, what right do you have to speak? By what power? Where's your credentials? Have you ever faced that one? Where's your credentials to share Jesus Christ? It's right here. It's right here. It's the changed life. It's the changed life. Don't feel like you've got to have all the answers. Make sure you've got the right ones that you use, but you don't have to have all the answers. Speak to what Christ has done in your life and do your due diligence to know Jesus so that you can introduce Him to others, right? But it says, and now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men. Have you ever felt badly because you just blew a speech at school? Or a presentation, you just walk away and you're thinking, oh, wow, that was, I'm never doing that again. That's kind of how I feel right now, but no, I don't. Speaks boldly, specifically naming Jesus, acting in obedience, not worried about offense. This is what it means to speak boldly. This is what Peter and John did. This is who we need to be, brothers and sisters. Do you believe in the power of the resurrection? Do you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? We sang those things, and you know what? It just sounds great coming off Carly's lips, right? We believe. You know, belief shows itself. It shows itself by what we say and how we act and what we do. And here's the great thing. If we blacked out the curtains, we turned off all the lights... And I held up just one little LED. You could probably notice it pretty well, couldn't you? That's our society, brothers and sisters, that in a vacuum, a whisper can roar. There's a great vacuum that's happening all around us. And a life dedicated to Christ and living by the power of the Holy Spirit is a whisper that becomes a roar. There is no other name under heaven. This is where we find this verse. Peter and John say this to the officials and they say, by what authority do you do all this? And they say, there is no other name. You love those coexist stickers? Listen, I'll just, I'll just help you out here a little bit. You may be saying, well, pastor, why would you do that? That's so mean. Um, if you go and you speak to an imam, <laughs> most imams, by the way, I don't really recommend that, but if you were to, Uh, speak to a leader of a mosque or a madrasa, they would tell you, uh, no, we don't coexist. If you were to speak to a rabbi, most orthodox rabbis would tell you, no, we don't preach Christianity here, and we don't preach Islam here. And on and on it goes. I think every single symbol that's on that bumper sticker, if you interview the people that were there, it's individuals that say, we just want to have this copacetic peace. But see, they undersell it. You'll never have peace without the one name under heaven whereby men must be saved. Amen? That peace comes through Jesus Christ. Not Allah. Not through legalism. Not through secular worship. They spoke boldly. So, Look, if you're, if you're an animal activist, do I need to explain the next point? I really don't want you shooting elephants. Kids, I don't want you shooting elephants, okay? It's a little statement, all right? If I was up here and I had like a button unbuttoned, like right here. I did this one time. I wore a tie and it went to like right here. And I didn't say anything for like a half hour. And it was so fun to watch all of you just obsessing, just looking at my tie, and just like, oh gosh, I so badly need to fix that on him. What's wrong with that guy? Who dressed that guy today, right? That's what's called the elephant in the room. Right? Is when there's something so obviously wrong, but nobody's going to say it. No one's going to be bold enough to say it. Can I just encourage you? The boldness means you shoot that elephant. You speak to the problem. Have the courage to get up and say, this is good, this is right. By the way, the message went with the individual, right? This guy's standing over here. <laughs> right? I don't know that he was doing that, but you know, I thought you might. No, can I get a laugh, a spontaneous? Thank you. <laughs> oh, that was brutal. <laughs> Nothing like fake laughter to make you say, I'm, not, uh, I'm an uneducated speaker up here. That was real thank you but the message went with the power the boldness was there it was irrefutable and so peter and john speak boldly because they're going to what they're going to shoot the elephant in the room saying your message is pointless and by the way you killed jesus because of your evilness because of your own selfish desires Don't keep pretending that you have the the best interest and that you're loving and that you're holy and that you're righteous and you're all those things. So how do we do it? Well, number one, consider it pure joy, brothers, when you go through trials of many kinds. The early church understood that in order to speak boldly, they were going to suffer. Are you ready to go to prison for speaking boldly? It's already happening here in the United States. We never thought it would happen, but it is happening. That for people's personal religious beliefs, they're already being taken into the courts, they're losing their businesses, they're being brought down into financial ruin, and some have been put in prison for their personal beliefs. Now, we, we fluff it up a lot in the news and make it about political things. No. Peter and John spoke boldly and they considered it pure joy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. The church in America needs to get ready to do this. When we do this, we will be a bold church. Number one, we need to speak truth. By the way, speaking truth, it would be be the same as if I wore a tie that went to here and nobody said anything all morning. And y'all were like, Oh, I don't want to be the one that tells them, you know, that is just a huge fashion mistake. Right? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. But I set you all up just to see if anybody cares. And nobody says anything. I feel so loved. No, I don't. You know what? Sometimes we have to say things that on the front side hurt. Right? But they are the best benefit for us to hear. And Peter and John understood this, and so they spoke the truth. You have to offer hope. That's what Peter and John offered was hope. You have a message of hope if you have Jesus Christ. The message of your life, your walking life, is a message of hope for those in that vacuum around us. Lastly, have a purpose. Oh, this is the biggest thing about about boldness. This is the biggest thing. We're out playing Wednesday basketball, and um, uh, I was feeling pretty good because I'd actually worked out the week before. I only work out once a week. That's my discipline. And uh, uh, Peter was playing, and, and Dave was playing, and um, I'm on the outside of our three-point line. It's like a two-point line. It's probably more like a free throw on our, on, our, uh, on our court. And I'm out there, and I do a head fake and pull up, And Dave's guarding me and and I'm like and Dave's just standing there like this and We all just started dying laughing like What you don't think I'm gonna shoot her and he goes I'm just gonna sit back here and I'm just gonna defend you to come in here because I know I know What your purpose is and your purpose is to get me to come out and then drive around me where you can score But I'm smarter than that, but I know your purpose Do people know your purpose? Do people know your purpose? Be purposeful, and then you'll be bold. Then you'll be bold. Secondly, inspire boldly. Verse 14, it says this, and we've already read it, but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. You can discuss Christianity and the Bible all you want. There are some films coming out. The Case for Christ is going to be released Uh, There's something else coming out in early April as well. And I encourage you, take people out. Take them to the theaters. Find out who's playing at Pleasant Hill. Take people to see this stuff. It's not that this doesn't work, but listen, they're looking at you. They're looking at me. The Sanhedrin. The people of Jerusalem were looking at Peter and John. They were looking at the man standing beside him, And because of this man and the power of Christ in this man, doing radical changes... They could not refute the truth over here. Why? Because it inspired. It inspired. A church that doesn't live the inspirational life is a powerless church. It is neither cold nor hot, Jesus says. The most powerful argument is a changed life. Secondly, faith without works is dead. James speaks about this over and over and over. He says... Show me, show me your faith and, and, and I'll show you my works. Now, James isn't preaching a gospel of works. He's not saying, you know, folks, you're going to get more. You're going to please God more. You're going to get more grace, right? Your salvation is going to be increased because of what you do. That's not what he's saying. He's saying as a result... The true effectiveness, the true sign of the believer is one who walks with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is doing transformative work through them. Amen? So, are we bold? Every day, are we bold? A few weeks ago, I had a little helper up here. I think she was like eight years old. And uh, she was bold. Any eight-year-olds out here want to come up here and do a demonstration with me? I don't know any 48-year-olds that want to come up here and do a demonstration with me. Right? She was bold. And why? Because she had good purpose. And by the way, y'all loved her. She was inspirational to you. She was inspirational to you. Jesus said, unless you have the faith of a child, you cannot what? You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. We can have all the arguments packed away so neatly and tightly and have a, a beautiful apologetic, but if there's nothing behind it, it's just words. It's just words. Inspiration trumps opinion. Sorry I used that word. Opinion. Let me read verse 21. Verse And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. This is the result of inspiration. You know, yesterday, we had some inspiration around my house. Um, My wife has a certain vehicle. She really enjoys that vehicle. She thinks she's pretty hot stuff driving around in that vehicle. I can say that because she's not here. <laughs> and she's too busy to watch the video. And I know none of you are going to tell her I said this. <laughs> but you know, that, that vehicle is so small that they over-engineered it in trying to figure out how to make it all run. And it's got all these little nifty gadgets and hoo-hahs and whatever, right? And so for Christmas, um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law got me floor jacks and a, a big, huge 14-ton jack and a slider. And you'd think, that's an odd, odd thing. But we're not getting rid of this car ever. We'll get rid of me before we get this car. Are you getting the point? And so I'm thinking, long run, let's think long term, I need to save some money on repairs. I need to learn how to work on this thing. And so I got this incredible gift. Well, our father-in-law heard that, um, and he, he's a knife maker, a gun maker, and, and he's just incredible with his hands. And he heard that the pastor had decided to enter into the world of auto repair. And um, I'm not exactly sure what he said, but it was in between some chuckles. And, um, and it was something along the lines of, you better have some money set aside for the mechanic you're going to have to hire afterwards. Let me introduce you to some inspiration. You know, to be bold, we have to make tough choices, right? So I had some things I wanted to do for Janine's car yesterday. And I went to the store and I was going to change out the spark plugs. And, uh, but there's a light that I couldn't get out. <laughs> there's the first problem, right? I can't even get this dumb light out. And uh, so I'm looking at this pair of pliers. I'm like, that would work. But these are $9 pliers. That's ridiculous. I'm not spending $9 on a set of pliers. And so I go up and I, you know, I go to the counter and I get all the other stuff that I need for this stuff. And, I, and I'm doing all that. And I'm like, I really need to just buy the pliers, man. I need to be bold and buy the right pliers. So I go and I grab these pliers. And I get down and I start working on this light. And then all of a sudden I realized after I gapped the thing, you know, and almost ruined it to pieces, oh wait, it twists out. And so I just, I was able to get in there with these set of pliers and just whoop and out and put the bulb in and it was fantastic and it actually worked and it was inspiration everywhere. And Janine came out and she goes, babe, my light actually works. That's awesome. And I was like, OK, I did a light bulb. Now I'm going to do spark plugs. That's phenomenal. And uh, here's the thing. She had her friend over, and so you know, we got all, I got all the spark plugs changed, and the coil wires switched out, and I, I used actually, like, you know, copper paste so the thing would seal right, and you, know, silicon lube on the top, and I got everything changed out and was doing all this stuff, and then with the moment of truth. Inspiration. It fired up beautifully. And it was just running beautifully like a top. And the friend was like wow. (laughs) I didn't know you knew how to work on cars. I said, I got these. (laughs) I got these, baby. Now, you know, when you talk about inspiring boldly, my wife's face, when she's driving around her car, the thing performs twice as good as it used to. And we're getting like almost double the gas mileage with the things that we were doing. Just crazy. And so there's an inspiration... This is a really dumb story. Right? Think about the real tool that you have. Ah, but wait, man. That thing's so expensive. It's going to cost me a lot of time to sit down and read it. To really get in there and know Jesus. This inspires. And used properly, it changes lives. And it helps things run perfectly. So much better than they're running now. Amen? Inspire boldly. Now, every time you see my wife driving around, you'll remember that story. By the way, don't hire me. I'm not for sale for a mechanic job. Brian's shaking his head no way. What? Come on, it works. Pray boldly. Pray boldly. Verse 29 through 31. And we already read this, so I'm just going to refer to it and I want you to see verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with what? With boldness. You see, when we're praying, when we're going to the Lord and we're acknowledging Him, by the way, when you go back to this prayer, and as you're looking, you see some requests, but much of what you see is just Praise. That needs to be part of our prayer life because that leads us to boldness. What are your prayers consisting of? I think within the second month I was here, I did a, a sermon on prayer and I called it Aunt Betty's Lemons. And, and people saw that at first and just like your faces, they were like, why would we hire this guy? What's going on? You see, most prayers that happen even at prayer meetings are for Aunt Betty's thyroid condition and my car broke down. Now listen, I want Aunt Betty's thyroid to be working too. As much as the next guy. But when was the last time you really prayed something that required God to show up? You want to be inspired. Start praying boldly. Like these guys did. You're going to hear a story coming up in the next few weeks where Peter and John are again, or Peter. Peter's again incarcerated. And the believers were gathered together and they were doing strategic planning. They had a whiteboard out. They were flow charting the whole thing. How are we going to get Peter released? Look, I know this lawyer. I know this guy. His name's Brad Walter. We'll call him... And uh, we'll send him down, and, and then we're going to get a news release out through uh, the media. Julie will do that, and, uh, and then we get a whole marketing plan. We'll put that together, and Deanna will get that going. And uh, we're just going to get Joseph to be the face of this whole thing. It's gonna be, and, and we're going to raise political um, muster here, and, and, and we're going to get Rihanna to do that and, and, and get that whole thing going out on social media, and George is going to do that. Because he's such a social media guru, and, and we're just going gonna to get that person out of jail. That's what the first century church was doing, right? Strategic planning. They sat down, and they did one thing. They prayed. And they prayed boldly. Now, they may have been doing some other things. I, I don't know. But what we have, they prayed It's such a beautiful story because I can see us doing the same thing. The door opens, there's nobody opening the door, and Peter's like, by the way, this is like, if if you don't know what legally you're supposed to do and you're bound before God and all this, the door opens and maybe you're thinking, well, integrity speaking wise, I should stay in my cell. Peter didn't stay in a cell. The door opened and he walked out. Just understand that. God moves sometimes, Right? And so Peter walks to the house where they were gathered and he knocks on the door. They're praying for his release. He knocks on the door. The little slider, And it's this girl named Rhoda, right? And she's like, uh, just hang on. And, just, and runs back. And she tells everybody who's praying for Peter's release, hey, you'll never believe who's at the door. And they say, shut up. Get out of here, kid. You don't know what you're talking about. Is that not us? They're praying boldly. That's probably doing a little bit better than us. They're praying boldly, but they still had to learn that when you pray boldly, sometimes God gives you that exact miraculous thing. And you know what? We all have that story to lean on. And that story inspires us towards bold prayer, does it not? Now, what story is God writing in your life because of your prayers? What story is He writing in your life because of your bold prayers? The church prayed for more boldness, not just praising the protection of God. Prayers that resulted in a manifestation of the Spirit and speaking in boldness. There's nothing we do without prayer. But when you see those prayers answered, give praise to God because then it'll lead you to greater boldness. By the way, we don't just pray, you know, bold would be give me the Powerball number, right? No. No. Boldness is praying within the will of God and waiting patiently I think bold prayer is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, take this cup from me. That's a bold prayer. Knowing exactly what he had to do. He prayed, and then he said what? But not my will, your will. Pray boldly. Lastly, gives boldly. Gives boldly says this in the latter part of the chapter, and this is just this beautiful passage about the church, that the church had come together, the church was living in community, but they had so many people there that it was this huge burden on the people that, that lived in Jerusalem or in that region or that area. And so what happens in process is that they don't have the money it takes to what? To make the church survive. And so those who had, Gave those who had gave and they didn't just give they gave what they gave boldly they gave abundantly and you're like oh pastor what are you doing i'm preaching the word can i get an amen you know we had baptism last week and one of the things i shared with the individuals that were getting baptized is that when the crusades were happening the knights templar would get baptized it was all just ceremony They would get baptized under the tradition of the church, and they would hold their arm out with their sword. And they would say, all of this is God's, but this is not. So that this can do horrible, horrific things. Here's the crazy thing. We do the same in our lives. We say, Lord, you can have this part because it's easy. And if I give you this part, there will be some cool benefits. But this part, no, this means I'm going to have to sacrifice. You can't have this. You can't have this part, God. And so many of us make excuses about how the church has had abuses when it comes to money. Get over it. You've had abuses. Did somebody walk out on you? Did somebody stop giving to you because you haven't done right? Did somebody not serve you dinner uh, at a restaurant because you tip horribly or you don't tip at all? Let's just stop with the excuses, folks, because that's, that's not boldness. There were those in that community that couldn't give. So what happened? In order to provide for the needs, individuals like Barnabas, right? Some people call him Cypress Joe. People like Barnabas and, and others went and sold what they had. They gave it up in order to provide for the church and for the body. We have an interesting conversation this week in life groups about the dynamic between socialism and capitalism. Go to life group, have a fun conversation, and then see how spirituality in this passage fits within those dynamics and what shapes your approach to economics. But today we're looking at this idea that the church gave boldly. And the kingdom was changed because of it. It's my privilege as your pastor because there are individuals here that give boldly. By the way, let me let me just say this. Also in life groups, you're gonna see reference 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And this is how the early church gave. They gave sacrificially. I don't teach tithe giving here. Uh oh, now I'm now I'm really fired. Because that was tied, in my opinion, that was tied very much to the Old Testament and to a sense of legalism. I teach what I see out of the New Testament, which is not an evacuation, it's not permission to stop giving because we're no longer under legalism. It is this idea that the Holy Spirit leads you when to give and the Holy Spirit leads you what to give. That's what I see under grace. In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul speaks to a church just like this one who is trying to reach out and take care of another church. And he said, look, when I come, make sure that this is ready so that my people coming aren't embarrassed. and They don't have to ask awkward questions, but make sure that you are not coercing anybody towards giving money. Because God is not pleased with that. God loves the cheerful giver. That's what giving is all about. May I just encourage you, you'll never know cheerful giving unless you're bold about it and intentional about it. There are no particulars about, hey, this is what I have to do, that is what I have to do. But let me also help you understand why give to this local body? because it changes lives for the kingdom of Christ the awkward obvious thing you support me all right well I just did what I told you to do in the sermon I told you to shoot the elephant all right so if I'm going to encourage you to be bold about giving like the first church was I have to let you know a big part of that goes to support my family and our family is dedicated our entire family is dedicated to serving god and serving you in this church now secondly we support missionaries around the world some of which like indigenous ministries they are your money goes towards supporting pastors from mosul iraq that are there now you have helped pay for clothes and for heating for refugees in Tikrit, and in Mosul, and some from Syria that are living on the the Jordan plain. When you give here, you help support reaching out to children and to the next generation and taking the Word of God and encouraging. When you give through our deacon's fund, you help people who can't pay their bills and they're in need. When you give here, you are helping individuals understand the Word of God because we have to pay for electricity and, and some of you are like, did we stop paying the air conditioning bill as you're fanning yourselves? Folks, giving should not be the scary thing that we hold outside of our spiritual life. Be inspired by this message of the early church. Be bold in your giving. But the pattern for that, the pattern for that is to prayerfully seek what God has for you to give. That's the pattern. We're making some choices coming up as a church. And the question for us is this, do we want to be a bold church? That's going to look a lot different than how we've done some things in the past. When it comes to this position that we're hiring right now, the search committee has found a candidate that's far more qualified than what we need will be an absolute home run for student ministries, for college, for middle school, but what they have to offer goes way beyond. Now the question is, do you go buy a position player, or do you buy the best athlete on the board? It's a completely different approach. One is a safe, conservative approach. The other is a bold step to say this is where we want to go or this is where we believe God's asking us to go. We're going to have to make bold decisions as a church. Come, come April 9th to the congregational meeting and hear the vision. Hear the vision. But we're going to have to make some bold steps. Give out of inspiration when you give to your family, when you give to others, do so boldly. Maybe I could stop getting a $5 coffee once in a while. And I could go out and provide a $5 meal or a $10 meal or a $20 meal. Maybe I could take a whole family that hasn't had a good, good meal together as a family for a long time. And I could do that just by sacrificing and being bold with my giving. There's so many things that we could do with this that was a hallmark of the early church. This morning as I close, I encourage you, the church was un- unified through the Spirit and work and obedience of their leadership. This is why when the, when the leaders of the church said, look, folks, we have a need, the church activated, and they activated boldly. The church boldly gave with sacrifice. They didn't just say, hey, this is what I've got sitting around the house, or this is what I've got you know, partitioned off. They said, no, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to take my investment. I'm going to take my long-term investment, my property, and I'm going to sell it because God needs us to use this to bless lives right now. Right now. And what was the result? The result was bold and exciting. Spirit-led living that yielded a harvest of inspiration and unity. In closing this morning, the first three questions I received when we had to say, or when Stephen and Becky, our former youth in worship and children's pastor, my entire staff, um, announced back in the fall that God was calling them Uh, to a new ministry in Ohio. And they promptly exited and and took care of the kids and were doing things with the kids. The first three questions I received wasn't about student ministries. wasn't about um, uh, uh, children's ministries, which Becky was doing a great job with. Steve was doing a great job with student ministries. It wasn't about um, worship. Can you imagine that? It wasn't even about worship. The first three questions of panic, of sure, uh, there was plenty of panic to go around, but the first three reactive questions were about lifetime summer day camp. How are we going to do lifetime without Becky? Now the other questions came But do you know why those were the first three? Because of your faithfulness to give boldly, we've been able to do far more abundantly than we ever could think or imagine through this local body to our community. And it inspires you. It inspires you. I know people that have sold cars to help fund this. I know people that have given up vacations to help fund this. And it's changing lives. Folks, this is the model of what we want to do with all that happens here at Concord Bible Church. You see, CBC gives boldly. And because of it, lives are changed. Lives are changed. We understand this. We know this. Oh, that we would increase in this and that we would all taste of it. This morning, be bold. See what God does through you and in and around you because of that boldness that was reflected and acted upon by the early church. Let me close in prayer today. Father God, thank You so much for the testimony of Your work through the early church. Thank You so much, Father God, for the blessedness of all that You do in and through this church. But Father, teach me, teach our leadership, teach the congregation, the body here at CBC, how much more we can be bold for you in living day by day, moment by moment. By remembering who you are, by remembering what it is that you've done, what you've set into motion, what you have promised, And how faithful you are. And to live within that scope. That we purposefully live boldly for you. Father, thank you for just even the reflection of that today. That this service could not have happened without there being a sense of boldness and dedication to the body. To you be all glory, Father.